Welcome to the Real Love Podcast with married couple Us and Annie. They love films and each other. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I'm Addy. And I'm Us. And today we're talking about Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Yes, Dawn of Turkish Airlines. And this is our first spoilerific review we're doing. The next one will be Daredevil Season 2, but we thought we'd kick things off with our first episode focusing solely on this new film that's uh, had a very mixed opinion uh, across the board. So what, what, um, what did you think of it, Uz? <laughs> well, Addy. <laughs> Can't say... I was that excited while sitting in the cinema. Some bits felt like they dragged, but at times it did pique my interest when, you know, there was a little bit of good action. It did make me laugh at times, not quite, you know, laugh a minute, but, you know, it's always nice to have a little laugh every now and then. What bits made you laugh? So when Superman could hear Batman's earpiece when they were at, the party. Oh, yeah, that was clever. You see, I missed that bit. I, I wondered what you were laughing at. Then I realised, oh, because I didn't have any special, like, echo effect over it or, you know, kind of honing in special effects on his ear. So I, I didn't pick up on that immediately. Yeah, they but didn't then... show you a close-up of Superman's ear. and then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, like how they did in Smallville or, you know. Well, you know, I picked in... up on it and I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. Well, when you laughed, I figured, oh, what's she laughing at? Oh, of course he can hear, you know. I think, I think that's because maybe when I was watching the film, I didn't really recognise Clark as Clark Kent because I do find his characterizations quite different to what I'm used to. What do you mean you didn't recognise Clark as Clark Kent? Well, it's who like was, who when was I Clark? saw Man of Steel, I didn't really recognise anyone up on the screen because of the characterizations I felt were so different from what I'm used to when you look at Dean Cain or Christopher Reeve or Tom Welling or even read the know. comics. I mean, I thought... I mean... I know I, I had Clark, a whole film Man of Steel to get used to that, but... Yeah, um, he looks the part, but I don't think there was... Maybe it was the edit because, you know, I know there's a few extra scenes that they've cut out of it. Well, I... I guess something like that doesn't need explaining. I should have just figured out. I mean, it out. you barely knew he was at the party. They just showed it for like a split second. You're like, oh, they're both at the same party. That's interesting. But then again, and nothing really happened. It's not like he got followed by Superman or Superman figured out what he was doing. It was just one of those scenes. Yeah, I think he figured just out... for the sake of it. Well, I guess they had to, you know, somehow figure out what Lex was up to and introduce Wonder Woman... To the Knicks. Yeah. At a party. Didn't... They uh, introduced her at another party later, though. Yeah, you see, that's what I figured. Like, he kept bumping into her, but it kept on being... I think the second time around, he'd followed her there on purpose. Yeah, but it was like repeating a scene that we'd already seen. You know? I was like, well, we've seen this I felt the same way. For some reason, I was trying to figure out. I was like, hang on, is this person Catwoman? Is this person, uh, you know, Ra's al Ghul's daughter? Then I realised, oh, wait, she's Wonder Woman. Just, but po- just the way they were introducing the trailers, her, it felt like the same. Because you stayed away from the trailers. Yeah, I didn't you didn't even trailers. know Wonder Woman was going to be in it. So, um, yeah, you were trying to figure it out. And I guess it was quite similar. You said reminded you of The Dark Knight Rises with Catwoman. And yeah, sort of similar introductions when they're um, just at some party and talking. wearing a nice dress. You don't really know her purpose there. No. She had some sort of purpose. Like, she was looking for something. Can't quite figure out what it was. Uh, Can't remember. I... F- 
Yeah, see, I figured that she'd taken a break from being a superhero on this world and then something happened where she decided she had to start investigating Lex Luthor. Yeah, I think she's still, like, a vigilante in her own right. Yeah, obviously, if someone, you know, stood up to her, she'd deal with them. But, yeah, see, I think this is the problem with the film, is that it was very confusing. Hmm. Like when, uh, as I said, the uh, Bruce Wayne was looking at that um, disabled man's um, paychecks and they'd had writing over them. See, I got confused. To me, it wasn't obvious that it was Lex Luthor. Yeah, I still don't think it was Lex Luthor. Well, I thought it was the man in the wheelchair. What, and that he was, he was just put up to it by Lex Luthor. Uh, yeah. After having a little chat with Lex like Luthor. Lex is the master manipulator. Yeah, that's why I thought. Again, was it relevant? Did I, does, it, does it matter if we figured it out or not? Well, yeah, because I, that's what I've realised. Like, I enjoyed all the fight scenes and the action and the effects, and I was like, this is really fun, this is really cool, and yeah, it's entertaining, but I think that spectacle kind of took me away from the fact that a lot of this film did not make any sense, or at least not enough sense to me to really follow the plot, or I was found myself filling in the blanks as it went along. Uh, like when I saw the Robin costume, which was an exciting moment, you know, because I haven't seen a Robin costume since, you know, the Joel Schumacher films. Um, and it had this spray paint on it. Ha ha ha, you let your family die or something. It says ha 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 with spray paint. You immediately think of the Joker. And that kind of graffiti on the costume, the Robin costume, looked very similar to the graffiti on the, you know, uh, paychecks of the disabled man. So I don't know why, but in my head, I think the... The look of that immediately shouted out Joker, but I mean, we know yeah. the Jokers are in this universe. I don't think it was suicide meant to be the trailer. same. No, it, it wasn't. And I'm, I'm presuming that Joker killed I think you were probably looking too in much comics. into it where they didn't actually think, they didn't think about it in that much detail. Well, <laughs> well they spent 250 million on this film, so. I think they. You would have hoped so, but yeah, I know what you're saying. And, and then the, the other bit um, that kind of got me was you know when there was that bit in the senate when superman turns up then he goes into the courthouse and then obviously there's the bomb in the wheelchair and you know everyone dies i thought that was set up to make superman look like he'd killed everyone in the courtroom the same way i figured the beginning was set up to make it look like superman killed all those people that had lois captive Hmm. you know those like military guys and those terrorists or whatever that situation was that wasn't particularly obvious to me what was happening in that situation whether those soldiers were working with those guys, if they were terrorists, if then some other people showed up, and that was all very unclear to me. I almost felt like that scene was all about, like, something was happening that was obviously went further than just, you know, Lois meeting up with some terrorists. There was obviously some other group there, and in order for them to cover their ass, they try and put, you know disguise it as superman causing the trouble so they you know don't leave their own footprint so that's how i saw that but i just think that he just happened to be their excuse because he showed up and they used it yeah i figured that it was also to show that when lois is in trouble somehow superman will come flying in to save her Maybe that's his sixth sense or, you know, when she's in trouble, he's there. I don't know how he was there, how he knew about it. That photographer that got shot in the head, that was supposed to be Jimmy Olsen. And Jimmy Olsen always had that supersonic watch that would call Superman when he was in trouble. Did he? So 
when they found that bug in the camera, I thought, oh, you know, I figured out in my own mind, this could be Jimmy Olsen and that bug could be calling Superman. But it turned out it was some CIA bug, like... Tracker. Yeah, no, I don't think Superman had, was, you know, privy to that. So I don't quite understand why he came in, how he showed up. Um, yeah, that, it was just, uh, it was cool, but I thought... Uh, as a as oh you know we've seen this guy in Man of Steel like you know doing all sorts of amazing things, well not so amazing if you didn't like the film. Um, so this was his first appearance in the sequel, and I was like oh you know this is gonna he's gonna you know be a hero. It's, but he it, it just kind of like did the superhero landing and then flew some human being through about three walls, hmm. and that was that. And I thought, huh, you you know you know. You know? No, like picking up huge vehicles or something. No, I guess, I guess what we were supposed battle, to just see is just, just like, his... Huh. I felt like they were trying excessive. to make it seem like something was going to happen with Lois. Like they wanted us to see, oh, look, these two really love each other. Look at those in the bathtub and their intimate scenes. And, you know, like, oh, these guys are close. So obviously that when something happens to Lois, we're really going to feel it. But it turns out they weren't with the other woman in his life in the first, anyway. So it didn't really matter that we saw those two get intimate. What we really needed to see was him and his mum... Get intimate. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that we could care more about things that happen. Yeah. Like, and again, he sort of, again, he saved Lois pretty easily. It wasn't, you know, I mean, I think Spider-Man has more trouble trying to save his women than Superman it does. It reminded me a bit of, like... In Smallville, Clark would always get his ass kicked because every episode they had kryptonite. But um, in Lois and Clark, Dean Kane would always save her so easily because he was always up against humans. They rarely had, you know, superhumans for him to fight. And that's what that first scene felt like. It felt a bit Lois and Clark, you know? Like the last five minutes of a Lois and Clark episode. He just shows up, boom, done. Mm. And I was like, and that was the big introduction, dramatic entrance of Superman in this new film. It didn't really grab me. I think it's just because there really was too much, too much information for one movie. Uh, they had to just lightly but, touch. But I think I think they didn't the different need... subjects they needed to to well, get the film. I think they should together. have touched some. Some they shouldn't have touched, and some they should have just gone all the way down that route because that would have been more rewarding and more of a payoff. Well, one thing about that scene was cool was when she sort of smiled, like let go of the guy. And then Superman just took him out. Like, they kind of have that communication. She knows what he's about to do. So, obviously, that shows that in the time since Man of Steel to now, there's been a long, you know, kind of relationship between the two and possibly other rescues where, you know, she knows, oh, he's going to do this. Although, the guy still had his arm around her neck. So, at that speed, if he was taken away... No, apart from... Um, head off. Apart from Lex Luthor trying to import kryptonite the entire film... Like, that's literally what he was trying to do. Hmm. He wanted to import kryptonite, so he, you know, he the tried to do it. He tried to do it, you know, legitimately, but that woman, what's her name? Helen Hunt. Oh, yeah. She wouldn't allow that it. Judge woman or So he thinks, okay, I'll kill her, but in the end, he did it anyway before he killed her. So I thought that was weird. I, I think thought he maybe... wanted to spook her a bit. And when she wasn't going his way, he kind of wanted to let her know. Or, you know, like, she was going to be dead, so it wouldn't have mattered. But I think just before she died, I think he wanted to let her know. I'm just, it's just one of those things. I'm like, well, if you were going to just import it illegally, why did you need to try and do it legally in the first place? 
yeah. at the and then have to go to the extreme of killing them, and the, you know, dramatically all the, at the same time. That's the thing, and I thought, okay, so he's doing that to make it look like Superman killed everyone, because he was wasn't he behind the bit with Lois at the beginning where they found that bullet, and it was like, oh, you know, like this proves that you know this wasn't Superman killing them. Yeah, it was obviously some sort of project, or at least. And that's Lex Luthor's... So that's why I figured. I figured Lex was trying to make Superman look like he's killing people. So I didn't really understand that yeah. anything. And when it did blow up, it was kind of forgotten about. So I thought, was that just a? What was the point of that scene? Was I guess like, cool? for me, was I guess what be, they're just trying to show is maybe fast, show his power, him. show show how he's taking over uh, Metropolis. You know, like if he kills all the people that are in charge, isn't it? He sort of controls who's in charge. Who, Lex? Yeah, in a way. Mm. I guess it was just a show of his power. Yeah. But it was. It just seemed a bit... Yeah, yeah that's I didn't like problem. him. All the, oh, you didn't like Lex Luthor in it? No. Yeah. He didn't scare me. He wasn't no. interesting. No. I didn't really care what he was up to. It's meant to be like... You know, I didn't even understand what he's up to. Like, he kidnapped Superman's mum so that Superman would try and kill Batman. But did he want Batman to kill Superman? Did he want Batman dead? What did he want? Yeah, at the end of the day, one of them was supposed to die. I guess if one of them takes out half the competition, he can concentrate out... Well, I think he wanted Superman to kill Batman, and then he was going to create Doomsday to kill Superman. And I guess he was hoping he'd have some sort of control over Doomsday, um... Not sure. Mm. I don't know if Lex had even figured out that Kryptonite would have worked on Doomsday. Probably, seeming as he figured it would kill Superman. And I just thought it was all too convenient and easy that he just happened to know how this alien freaking, you know, technology worked enough to actually make another human being. Yeah, because he asked specifically for that, human being, you know, alien the, the crashed ship and Zod's body. Yeah, he just happened to know that that's what they can do. Yeah, and with a bit of out. his blood mixed in, that just happens to make Doomsday. Yeah, oh, that well, he's stupid. Because he figured out obviously that kryptonite can harm Kryptonians, like you know, in his lab experiments when he had this shot. Yeah, because they tested on. Zod. So yeah, I got I got that he figured that out, but I guess there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, yeah, I don't really care. I don't really need to overthink it. A lot of there was a lot of junk in that film which didn't excite me. Yeah, and it. You know, it didn't really follow through enough for me to care about it either. Well, that's the problem. They didn't follow through on anything. Yeah. That was my problem with it. It was like... I feel like that's what, they'd, that's what they've done since Man of Steel. In the last one. Yeah, mm. it wasn't the superheroes we recognise and they were... Yeah. It started off great, this film. I mean, again, we had the death of the parents and it was like, okay, how many times do we need to see bloody pearls falling to the ground? But... Obviously, that was to set up, you know, the dad falling to the ground and saying, Martha, you know? So, oh, okay, we get that the mother that died was called Martha. That's kind of what that was about. Mm. So the most dumbest reason for him to stop the fight, you know, that I guess that was the payoff when he's like, you've got to save Martha. Where did you hear that name? And it's like, the mo- I mean, of all the coincidences, and this is the world's greatest detective, so he doesn't believe in coincidences. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that was a bit stupid. But yeah, um, but after that, we had the, you know, kind of ground level 
experience of the Superman and Zod fight, and I thought that was done really well. You know, with Bruce Wayne trying to get into Metropolis and save the people in his building, and you know, and I guess he didn't do it as Batman when he could have come in on the Batwing and done all sorts of crazy cool stuff. I guess because he'd you know hung up his cape and it was Superman that kind of made him get back into the costume, but that scene I thought was really good especially when we saw that ship just crashing through the buildings you know going down that street oh, I thought it was brilliant and then the way he looked up and saw Superman and Zod fighting and you're like okay I get why he's angry but yeah I mean it's Superman doesn't kill Batman doesn't kill yet in the last film we saw Superman kill and in this film Batman killed a lot of people we shot them we don't know if they died well he was blowing up cars with people in the back of and you know like tying them to the back of the Batmobile and smashing them around buildings well, yeah he had that whole sentencing them to death with his uh, yeah exactly brands them they go to jail and get killed it was like you know what was that third party murder it's, it's just it didn't seem and why would he want to kill Superman because in the comics, obviously, in the back in the Golden Age, like these guys are best of friends. So when they did start fighting in comic books, it was like, oh, why are they fighting? But this was just like, he didn't, in the film, he didn't know the man. He just, if there's one chance, you know, slimmest chance, you know, like we've got to take, it's like, that doesn't seem like Batman yeah. to me. He wouldn't do that. He would maybe Especially find a way. Especially someone that can do so much good and that has been trying to do so much good. Like, yeah. it's not like he was known for being a complete knobhead. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he shows up. I mean, his big unveiling to the world was... Um, that Zod you know, fight he saved a few destroyed hundred people everyone. In but in, in, before in that you know, Lois Lane wrote that piece in the first film about this guardian angel so obviously had he read the newspaper he'd know that this guardian angel who turned out to be Superman had saved a lot of people if she published that I can't remember even if mm. she published that but I remember that was her you know, I reckon, uh, I reckon Batman was just jealous that Superman could save people where he couldn't save his own parents maybe bit bitter. But he'd obviously made up for that with a life of crime fighting. I don't know, I just felt like it seems like Batman that, that I know would capture Superman and question him. And that was the annoying thing. All they had to do was talk. At no point in this film did they just talk. Like, these are heroes, I mean, right? These are role models. There's that old saying, sit down yeah. There's one thing that I thought, okay, well, th- this was always going to happen. If two, if two things have the same niche, they'll always compete. So if you're two people both trying to save the world, you're both going to think that the other you can do it better than the other one. Maybe that's what their problem was. Or maybe at least that's what Batman's problem was. He thought he could do better for Metropolis than Superman could. But that still doesn't give you enough reason to kill him. No, I mean, obviously he kind of crashed Metropolis at the end of the last film, so I can understand why Batman wanted to... Uh... At least, you know, investigate him. But, yeah, I just don't think... You know, I could, I could just imagine him yeah, in when some you look at the cave threat, in the Batcave. That's when you I look at Batman the threat that Batman was up to. against... I mean, Superman was up against... Well, yeah, this guy was going to terraform our world. were, like, ruining everything. Yeah, and what would Batman have been able to do about that? Nothing. I mean, he prevented further destruction. So surely Batman would see logic. But this is what I mean. They, all they had to do was talk. Like, you saw them have that brief talk when the Batmobile bounced off Superman and he's like, you know, Batman is dead, you know? Like, this is a mercy, you know, just give it up, whatever. And then he flies off. And it was like, they were trying to make it all moody and dark, but in reality, surely they'd have a bit more of a conversation. And when, and this is what, the other thing I didn't get about the film. You know, Lex kidnapped the mother, then he told Superman, then... Then he's like, go and kill Batman. And Batman's just standing there on the rooftop. 
waiting for Superman. Yeah. I thought, why, at that precise moment, I didn't get why Batman was then waiting for Superman. How did he know Superman was going to How did they know this is the time we need to have a fight? You know, like, who who made Batman put that light on the stand on the rooftop? Was that Lex? Because Lex is the mastermind behind all this, so his timing is impeccable. So how, that's what I didn't understand. I was like, oh, that's convenient. Look, he's on one rooftop, and then across the water, on the other rooftop, is the other guy. And I'm just like, this is a bit convenient. And a bit like, you know, both having your mother's I think when you laughing. came away from this movie, you were like, oh, yeah, this is good. But the more the more you're thinking about it, the more you're thinking, actually, it's it's probably left me more confused than well, yeah, it did than anything. I, it it did even takes confused. away the enjoyment, doesn't it? Well, that, well, I think when when you have to try and uh, figure out a film or fill in the blanks or make excuses for it, then yeah, that does kind of take away the enjoyment of a of a good film. And I think it was a very good, like action film spectacular you know with special effects and lots of action and sometimes the action didn't make any sense but it was just fun you know like you know the, the batmobile sequence you know and he's doing the chase and he's taking people out i mean that was fun you know like when he kind of you know dove onto the van from the building and took half the van out and that stuff was fun i didn't quite understand why he chained that car to the back of the batmobile and then just drove around the street smashing it around i didn't i thought because then, like, then he flung it into another car Oh, did he slingshoot it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was trying to figure out what is he doing with that. Um, okay. Uh, so that makes sense. But Well, he thought he'd use it as a weapon. Yeah, but he had all those guns and frigging missiles already, so he didn't... Yeah, they thought it'd look cool in Fast and Furious. They thought they'd use it again. Yeah, this is what I mean. At the end of some of those Fast and Furiouses, <laughs> they blatantly kill so many people, yet no one was harmed, you know, m- miraculously. I think that was the thinking behind this, this film. Yeah... There was um, there's just parts like that, yeah, where you just think he's blatantly killing people right now. And this is another thing. Why did Superman turn up at the end of that chase? He wasn't there to help anyone. He wasn't there to help himself by stopping Kryptonite coming in. He wasn't there to help... Well, he was there like, to stop Batman. Yeah, but obviously Batman was chasing people for a reason. And surely Batman yeah, is he... an old man now. So there's this entire history of this guy's career... Uh, you know, crime fighting, which Superman, as a reporter, journalist, must yeah, but, know about. But remember the whole branding and sentencing them to death. And although Superman has killed now, so you think he'd understand. <laughs> Unfortunately, he, he obviously thought that, you know... But he knows Batman's That justice is not within, you know, Batman's hand, that, you know, it needs so, to go that's to what the I wonder, Why did Superman take it upon himself to be, like, you know, the judge and the jury of all the other... Crime fighters. Same way Batman did it to Superman. Well, yeah, but obviously there's this um, history of Batman in this world. So why didn't Superman realise, oh, he must be trying to stop a crime right now. But I'll just take, you know, I'll just stop him in his tracks and let these, obviously, these bad guys. Obviously, Superman saw shot up the entire, you know, docks or wherever it happened. He just let him get away. That didn't make any sense to me. Another bit didn't make sense to me. Actually, let's talk about the fight now. It was Batman v Superman. Did you feel it was a it was a fight? It was worth the you know the title. Well, they didn't really fight, in no, my they opinion. Didn't fight, no. Superman was just trying to stop Batman from shooting his guns and, you know, doing his tricks. Superman barely did anything. Yeah, and he didn't really fight back either. 
No, only only for a little bit when he was shot with the kryptonite gas. Yeah, that was more like trying to stop Batman. And then he did have that angry moment when he ran towards Batman and he shot him again. Mm. That's what annoyed me. It's like, okay, so I guess the kryptonite's still having an effect and slowing him down. Otherwise, the speed he could have, you know, taken Superman out of that moment, Batman out of that moment. Well, it's just one of those things. If we're going to look at who won, you can't say Batman won. And then Superman wasn't trying to win. So I think it was an unsatisfying, unsatisfying See, I think it would have been fight. really interesting, because Batman's so cocksure all the time in this film. I think it would have been really interesting had Superman just taken him within an inch of his life, you know? Or just, you know, like, Batman... To- if, if Batman had completely miscalculated, I think that would have been a much better kind of uh, character point for Batman. The, 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 he got it wrong, you know? I think that would have been really interesting to see. But instead, we kind of got this fight where no, right, he was trying to fight. Superman didn't want to fight. Had they just listened to each other and spoken at the beginning, then this could have all been avoided. Had he just flown down and said, Lex Luthor's kidnapped my mum. He wants me to kill you. Why don't we just put our brains together? We're both, you know, on the side of good, supposedly. I mean, in the end, you Can know that because it it's a movie, they want to they create yeah, that I bit know, of... I know, but, but good films have convincing they catalysts they want to create a good reason didn't. to fight but uh, yeah it was pretty poor reason and it wasn't a very good fight because one of them wasn't trying to fight yeah. it's just like someone going whoa just stop just listen to me and just keeps getting punched in the face it's a bit frustrating yeah and then Batman came off as a bit of an arsehole and then when he did this is what I said to you was like when he had the kryptonite spear you know this is like this spear this weapon can kill gods right Hmm. and then he just like oh I'll go save Martha he just like just throws it on the ground he just leaves it behind that's so irresponsible you know I just don't imagine Batman would ever do that and then obviously they had to give Lois something to do because she was totally useless in this film you know so she picked it up and decided to throw it down you know a well or whatever that you know deep water was and that that I felt like you know that apparently needed 10 minutes of screen time her just deliberating what to do with this thing and throw it down and then as soon as she threw it down she had to go get get go and get it again you know yeah that, that was, was a bit pointless stupid, that, I mean I thought Lois was so but like, they really tried to give her something to do and it was just I don't even understand why it was so hard to give Lois something to do like why was it so hard to give a character that's like been in the comics yeah she's you know there's plenty of good Lois's before her and they've decided to make this Lois just crap. Yeah. She was crap in the first movie. Yeah. And she was crap in she this one. I don't understand one. it. Yeah. They don't have very good female characters or don't give them much screen time or well, what I mean. development, they had, do they? They had Wonder Woman. And well, they didn't she, give her much development well, she'll get her own time. film, you know, but... Um, didn't know anything about her. But this had a strong female lead. I just didn't feel we needed Lois because she didn't do anything. At the beginning, she's like, I'm not a woman, I'm a reporter. Or, um, you know, I'm not a female, I'm a journalist or whatever it was. So that was like, oh, yeah, you know, what, what was that meant to signify? Like, What was any of it meant to signify? We're, you know, we're, Why we're, did he even have to say that? I know, that's what I thought. I thought, what point is she making? Is this some, like, women's oh. lib thing? Or is this, like, you know, take me seriously, it doesn't matter about my gender? Oh, because... Is this supposed to make it obvious we're in some, uh, you know, female repressed country? Like, Oh, right, yeah, because it was what... Arabia or something. And then, yeah. and then... Okay, so, okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. You're a woman, you know, it doesn't matter. Gender's not, you know, the point here. You're just doing a job as good as any man or woman, whoever could. And then they go and 
have a scene with her naked in a bath. And I thought, well, that's just trying to sexualise her. Well, kind of tell tick- people you don't actually see her naked, just in case they go and watch the movie and get really disappointed. But you think people are going to watch this film and only be disappointed about that? <laughs> well, it'll, it'll add to the list of disappointments. Well, that's what I mean. It's just like, so we see her in a bath. And of course, you know, we're just trying to look under the water, you know, or catch a glimpse of titty. So I'm like, I wasn't. I'm totally distracted in the scene by a naked woman in a bath. So I mean, that kind of took her power away. And I think they could have shown that closeness of her and Clark without having to do that. Yeah. And that's what I thought. I thought, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a woman, I'm a journalist. Oh, look, boobies, I'm in the bath, I'm a woman. And I, I just felt that was unnecessary as well. I think that's a fair point. And then even when he was like, okay, so gives Lois something to do. In the comics, I know it's not the 1930s, 1940s anymore, but... She was kind of primarily there for Superman to save. Just like she's been in Lois and Clark, in Smallville, in all these shows. Why can't Lois have been the person that's investigating what, you know, Lex Luthor's up to? So she could have answered some questions there. Maybe she could have, like, figured out the conspiracy about the bomb or something like that. You know, who who was behind the bomb? Maybe she found out some information about it, you know? Maybe she was uncovering it and that's why Lex... Well, she uncovered the Maybe bullet, that would have didn't been she? A, she had that, the bullet. Well, yeah, that was it. She was it. trying that to find out about bullet. that. And then they said... And then they, they just stopped that more. plot dead. That guy that she met by the bridge was like, well, I'm not going to have anything to do with it. And then that plot just stopped. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, now we've just got her running around playing with... But, like, even if spheres. they'd got her so that she was uncovering more of, like, Lex's secrets... That's more of an excuse for yeah. Lex to kidnap her. Well, she's her. an investigative reporter. So she's just yeah. she's not just getting kidnapped because she's like Superman's boy girlfriend, you know? Yeah. It would have given it a little bit more depth, kept it a bit more interesting. Actually, you know, you, you actually, you'd like her as a character because she's smart and intelligent and actually figuring things out, not just, you know, turning up in the wrong places at the wrong time all the time. <laughs> yeah, she has the worst of luck. But then it's annoying how conveniently she shows up somewhere. Like... Perry, I need a helicopter. And then she just runs into this battle between Batman and Superman. And it's like... This well, guy's... no, she she purposefully went there because she knew that's what he was doing. But Somehow, yeah, she knew. Yeah, everything lined up. The same way, you know, Batman happened to be on the rooftop shining the bat signal at the same time Lex was telling Superman to kill Batman. It was just a bit... Hmm. And I just felt like... It was a bit Lois and Clark, wasn't it? That she runs in to save him or... You know, and that's fine. I mean, that dynamic worked well in that show, so why shouldn't it work well in you know this iteration? But I, I don't know. It just felt a bit. There was a lot of money thrown at the spectacle of this film. That was impressive, and unfortunately, the plot points just weren't as strong as the spectacle. Yeah, and that's another thing. Plot points. What was this film about? Thing I is, think. I think at the same time, like. In terms of the world that it was based in, like, I didn't get, like, what the feeling I usually get from seeing one of those worlds. Like, Dark Knight, I remember how it all looks, the streets, the, Mm. you know, the buildings, the stuff that they do. But um, I don't really recognise or remember what the areas look like. They're not defined. That's like Tim Burton's Batman, that Gotham. Yeah, like, the city was a character itself. In these films, you don't get that. You don't get any character in the cities. There's nothing. It's quite empty like that. Even, like, with Flash and Arrow on TV, there's a real distinct look between Central City and Star City. Yeah. And, you know, you, you know which city you're in just by looking at it. Yeah. Even though it's all shot in Vancouver. But, you know, they make it look different. And they shot this film primarily in Detroit. 
so yeah, if it looks like a shithole, then yeah, it looks like you know some of the down and out places of Detroit. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. It didn't have the kind of gothic architecture. Even yeah, you're right. In the Dark Knight, they had the Narrows, they had the monorail. Even Gotham, the TV show Gotham, mm. it's called Gotham. It has a real specific it's got a char- look. It's the city's got yeah. character, hasn't it? It's yeah. Like a- no, indeed. Yeah, I didn't, then, I didn't get that in this film. I mean, it had its. It wasn't like it wasn't a crap film. It was just quite a popcorn throwaway movie. Like you're film. not gonna, you're not gonna remember too much of it. Well, this is the problem. I don't remember too much of it, and this is why I'm having so much trouble trying to make sense of it because nothing stood out. Nothing excited me. You know, to the point where you know, like when you watch the Christopher Nolan films, there are some amazing plot points and your yeah. twists, and you're like, it's oh, very, that was so amazing. Yeah, and there's no. But there's no fat on it. You look at The Dark Knight, every scene has a point or a payoff or is there for a reason. And it's solely its own movie. I know it was a trilogy, but each film is quite self-contained. You know, obviously there was some overarching storylines. But this film, it just felt like we're really desperately trying to catch up with Marvel. We're going to throw loads into this film and, you know, the payoff will come later. Whereas Marvel don't do that. They, they've taken the time, they've built up, you know, these worlds, these characters, so the payoff is when they come together. I mean, yeah, with Age of Ultron, obviously, I saw them setting up a few things for future Marvel films. I did see that. But um, it still seemed a bit more cohesive than this film did. It's and almost like they think that we want to see, like, monster-on-monster films, like superhero-on-superhero. Superhero. They want to see us... They just think we want to see a fight... And we want to see a, you know, an epic battle between, you know, monster and Superman and Batman. But that's not really all we want. It's got to have, you've got to have really good character development, an interesting storyline still. It's just, it was, I think it was lacking character development for sure. I mean, there was literally no character development for Superman whatsoever. No. Batman barely just just him being bitter about See, superman and you don't much. even know why <laughs> i mean you kind of <laughs> you are you are supposed to know why straight from the beginning like he just had an issue because of the whole building collapsing on his friends well if this and... is the world that batman's had a previous career in then we you know we know wonder woman's for creatures that weren't men you know she said that so obviously monsters and you know and gods, I guess you're talking about Hades or whatever, but monsters must exist in this universe. Obviously, we saw Doomsday, you know, mm. uh, Wonder Woman spoke about killing monsters in the past. And so Batman must have, you know, this is a supernatural science fiction universe. So Batman, if it's the Batman we know that this film would suggest, then he's fought monsters and men, you know, like Killer Croc and Solomon Grundy and Clayface. Those are monsters, you know, and then men like the Joker, Two-Face, Riddler. So, I don't think he would have been that surprised in having to, you know, take on an alien like Superman, which makes me think he wouldn't have killed Killer Croc or Solomon Grundy or Man Bat or any of these, you know, creatures. So why did he find necessary to kill Superman? You know, he was going to kill him. Mm. And that's what I sort of think, like... There wasn't really enough reason to kill Superman, was there? I mean, he imprisons monsters. I mean, you know what, you know what would have made him want to kill Superman is if he did think, if everyone did believe he killed all those in in the court, which it was immediately, you know, proven that he didn't in the news reports. It was a bomb. It was a bomb. And for the world's greatest detective, he wasn't very smart. Yeah. And you know, you talk about character development. I didn't feel like even in Man of Steel there was much character development of any of these characters. I don't know if that was just the way it was written or the way they acted it woodenly, or but I didn't like. 
And this is the thing, I didn't feel in Man of Steel, you know when Clark kisses Lois? Just before he had a fight with Zod mm. in Man of Steel. I didn't feel that kiss was earned. I didn't feel that was earned. I didn't feel like, I just felt like, yeah, you know these two are in love. You know these two are going to end up together. You know? It just mm. felt forced. But they didn't earn it. And that's what I feel like in this film, there's lots of points that should have been like, oh, wow, oh my gosh, oh wow. But they weren't earned, so they didn't have the effect you wanted them to have. They should have done maybe a Man of Steel 2, just a solo, you know, Superman picture. They should have done a few Batman pictures. Maybe even given us our Wonder Woman, you know, film first. So, so there is that character development. And we, you know, there is that payoff of seeing them come together and fighting. Otherwise, it's too much too soon and it doesn't have any impact. Whereas when we saw Avengers, it came after, like, you know, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Incredible Hulk. So we had the payoff, you know? It was like, wow, look at these guys together. And you had, you know, over those previous films, you chose your favourite or whichever one you liked most. So when you see them all together, you're like, oh, wow, you know, this is amazing. Or who's going to fight who? Or... Mm. And, but also, the way those films were written, they were just enjoyable. So there was character, there was lightness, there was a bit of darkness, it was a nice mix. Whereas these films are so humourless that you don't really give a shit about anyone, you know? I mean, I like dark stuff, but it, there's no character development because I don't even seem human because everything's so fucking dour. So you're not rooting for anyone because you're not really, you don't really give a crap, you know? There's nothing to really like about these yeah. films. Even like Man of Steel, like, there was bits where they just didn't seem like Superman. I didn't recognise him as Superman. And that's what I found with this film. These, okay, yeah, you know, things have to move on. I mean, the new Star Trek films aren't your father's Star Trek. I get that. You know, these new Batman Superman films aren't your father's Superman. Or even your Superman if you're, like, you know, around the age of 30, growing up with Dean Cain and Tom Welling, you know? I guess we kind of need to understand... Why in the in the first place they decided to make Superman a killer when you know he's never killed before, and then why they then chose to make Batman a killer when he's also someone that doesn't believe in killing. Well, in in other iterations, like you know the animated series, the comic books, the yeah previous films. So maybe if we understood why they wanted to make him even darker than they are. Yeah, we might get it a bit more. I but... mean, this is this is the thing, right? He 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 never. I don't know. Maybe in this. Well, obviously he hasn't because Suicide Squad's about to come out and Joker's in that. But the people he's gone up against. If this world is as dark as they want to make it out, then his darker villains must be homicidal, like maniacs. You know, doing some really dark stuff like Mister Zars and Joker, and you know, really mutilating, torturing, killing people. So if he's never killed those bad guys, why on earth would he try and kill a superhuman trying to save the planet from evil aliens? Mm. That it just doesn't add up. Seems like an ego thing. <laughs> well, yeah, you say an ego thing, but you know, Batman's meant to be compassionate. And it's because he's so compassionate and, you know, kind of sides with victims that he's protecting people. Mm. So I don't think, yeah, okay, I guess. It was just random. I mean, they should have had it so Lex Luthor went to Batman and said, oh, I'm going to kill this person you love unless you kill Superman. And then he goes to Superman and be like, I'm going to kill this person you love unless you kill Batman. That would make them fight, potentially. I think as smart, intelligent (laughs) men, I mean, if Krypton's an advanced society and Batman's, I'll say, you know, the world's greatest detective, they could have figured this out. I mean, it would have been a bit procedural, but it still would have been 
more believable. I know, obviously, we're talking about fucking monsters and Amazonian princesses. But I think, you know what they showed in the flashback? what you need. What they showed in, uh, not only in flashback, what they showed in Batman's dream, that Superman, that that Superman is worth fighting because that Superman had turned. So he'd gone from being good to being bad because obviously something bad happened. I'm guessing Lois died or something. Well, if it's like, I mean, the... And that, that would justice, then if you exactly then make a fight between Batman and Superman, they can it's take earned. it. it they can earned. take it to the end, and we'll you know we'll probably celebrate whoever wins if it's the good guy. But in that case, Superman would destroy Batman. Well, not if no, not if the Kryptonite though, isn't it? No, no, no. In that friggin' dream of his, yeah. Batman was powerless, trussed up. Yeah. You saw Superman kill those other guys that were tied up. Well, maybe then that's what scares Batman. Just... Yeah, but this is what, nothing I don't understand. That's probably it. That's why no, he no, did no. it. But for Batman to want to kill Superman, he must have, without a doubt, believed in his fucking weird daydreams. Well, yeah, he did. He thought if if Batman, if Superman ever decides that he's going to turn bad, he's going to wipe us all out. So was it his imagination making him have those daydreams? Or were they real visions? And now we've got a frigging psychic and then you Batman, had that, which is new to and me. And then you had that, you know, the Flash come and visit him and say to him, oh, it's, you know, the woman. Which again... She's the key. Which, Lois Lane. But, which again, was that a dream? That seemed like a dream. That was a dream. Right. So I don't wake up in the morning after having a bad dream about someone and think, I've got to kill them. I've got to undoubtedly... A lot of people and... would be dead if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like, he, he, he just thought he was nodding off and he had a bad dream. And then if he but was But it obviously so... scared him no, enough. No, but if he was so scared and so, like, spooked and believing in what he saw, he just sort of got up and was like, oh, wicked, yeah, my, uh, my files are uh, decrypted. And he's got on with that. You know, the file where mm. um, Lex Luthor had already given special uh, superhero symbols to the file names of these metahumans. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm glad that he seem, took the time out for that. It seems silly for him to have, you know, if that, if that was the case, if, if that's what it is, if that's what they were trying to tell us in this film, that Batman did it because of just how much power Superman would have and how much destruction he could cause if he decided to go bad. Yeah, but that's I mean, surely like any of his They needed to make that clearer. <laughs> others that he's come... Yeah, I mean, like... But, you know, what's he going to do when he meets Green Lantern or, uh, you know... Well, any of the others. Like, Wonder Woman, like, he kind of let off the hook. But then he said at the end, I failed him in life. I'm not going to fail him in death. And it's like... Yeah. You, you failed him in life. What did you know him for? A day? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... And then, so I guess he's like, I guess he's going to put his team together. The team that already, luckily, have their symbols designed for their costumes by Lex Luthor, which seems stupid. What? Superman's not dead, right? No, he's not dead. Um, Because all they needed to do was put him in the sun and he'd be, you know... Well, in the right, comic books, he was, when he was killed by Doomsday in the comic books, uh, you know, World Without Superman followed, then Reign of the Superman came, and even in the um, DC animated film, uh, Doomsday, his heartbeat... Obviously, he takes a pounding. He dies. Not quite. His heartbeat slows down. Like, really slows down. Like, maybe one beat a month or something stupid. He doesn't... He can't die. It just really slows mm. down. So, he is alive. But it's almost like this odd kind of hibernation, suspended animation sort of healing thing he yeah, goes into. Yeah, so he's not dead. Well, no, he's not. I mean, you saw the, the, the dirt rise off the coffin, which I didn't think was necessary. They didn't need to show us. Oh, no, no, he's still alive. He's still alive. 
you know? It's like, well, it's going to be a Justice League film. I really doubt they're going to make that without Superman. And that would have been a nice twist, you know, had they saved something. Because in the trailers, they didn't save anything for the film. That's why I didn't watch the trailers. And then, um, you know, had, like, they'd done a Justice League trailer that didn't feature Superman at all. Oh, my gosh, that would have been like... But is he in it? Is he in it? And then that would have been a nice surprise. Like, you know how the um, Star Wars trailers gave uh, Force Awakens gave nothing away about the film, but it looked fucking amazing. We all wanted to go and see it. Yeah, I think that's what all movies need to do. And then we did see it and it was great fun. And yeah, there's bits from the trailers, but it didn't give anything away about the plot or anything. I mean, if you'd seen the second trailer of Batman v Superman, it was every plot point, you know? Like, in every trailer, there's been a shot from every major sequence. Yeah, but you know what? I find that the only films that need to do that are crap ones. Yeah. I, I've never watched a good film where the like if I see a trailer that literally gives the whole film away it's comedies. not even I n- always know it's not worth watching yeah because I'm like well that's it I know what I'm getting and you either want it or you don't and most of the time you're not going to get anything more than the trailer so what's the point it's funny the Man of Steel trailer didn't excite me but I went and saw the film anyway and yeah I didn't excite I me and I didn't like that. it then this trailer almost excited me because I kind of knew what to expect after Man of Steel to be honest, this film made even less sense of Man of Steel, you know? And I think as a film, Man of Steel was better, much more coherent, because it was its own story. It mm. was dedicated to, like, one plot. And it made sense. Again, there was plenty... To... It was... I don't agree. Well, no, I mean, as a film, it worked better. You know? It had its acts, it had its dedicated storyline, and it was only going down the one plot point. Whereas this film was all over the place. This film tried to be an origin film for um, Justice League... He tried to be a um, Dark Knight Returns film in the Batman v Superman part. He tried to be the Death of Superman comic book in his death at the end. It tried to be a Wonder Woman like origin introduction film. It tried to um, not only introduce the Justice League characters, but set up a sequence or you know of a future film with the Dark Side plot as well, which again Lex you know was alluding to at the end. It tried to be a Man of Steel 2, like a sequel to that. It also tried to be a, uh, a Batman film. Very, I mean, it opened up, you know, the death of his parents. Then it went on to his point of view of the fight, you know, with Zod. So I was like, do we, you know, what is this film, you know? Overambitious. Just trying to pack way too much into it. But sometimes that can work. Like the first Ninja Turtle film, you know, the recent one. Eh, it could have been better. But the trailer for the second one looks like they're just packing everything into it. And for some reason, I know it looks like it works. I'm going to go and enjoy it. It's going to be big, dumb fun. You know, probably like forgettable, as you say, disposable again. But I bet it's going to be a lot more fun than this film was. Mm. Okay. Because I don't believe in giving people what they want. Like, always works. So if we were going to sum up what you thought of Batman v Superman... Dawn of Justice. What, out of ten? Give it a score out of ten. And then sum it up in about five words. Five words. All right. Uh, well, um, I think it was fun, entertaining, cool, muddled, and overambitious. Which, when you put all those five things together, I guess that pretty much sums up to a failure. But um, 
uh, you know, I want to be nice to it. And I'm, no, I'm going to buy the extended Blu-ray release. And I'm going to watch it again and probably appreciate the story more. And there's going to be sequences that I want to watch again on the home cinema system. And I'm going to be like, oh, that's cool, turn it up. And yeah, this is exciting. The same way I do with Man of Steel, like the Kansas fight and the um, Zod fight. I watch those and I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, this is like, wow, comic book on the screen right now. This is, you know, the closest we're ever going to get and it looks great. Um, and I know I'm going to buy it. I know I'm going to watch it a few more times and talk about cool parts of it with people. So I don't want to, as a just entertaining popcorn flick, I didn't find it over long, like people are saying, because it did keep me kind of guessing and following the plot quite excitedly. Um... You know, I'm thinking around six or seven. Okay. Which I know probably sounds generous, but it worked for me in lots of ways, but not in other ways. Yeah, I think I'd go with a six myself. Yeah. I think they didn't ruin it completely. No, and it's still going to make me go and watch the Justice League. So it was, you know, it still had enough, you know, good points that you didn't go away thinking it was the most awful film you've ever seen or anything like that. So it was still good enough. You know, it did keep you going. Um, But yeah, for me, it was just sort of entertaining but forgettable. So is that three words to sum up? Entertaining but forgettable. Yeah, it's my three words. Yeah. It could have been done better, definitely, parts of it. Like, you know, when uh, Wonder Woman opens up her email, which then explains all the dun-dun-dun, rest of the Justice League. I was like, seriously, she opens up an email? She could have interacted with them. That's how things are done these days, isn't it? She probably would have, like, tweeted it or... It totally wasn't obvious to me that that was the flash... Coming Maybe. back to Batman. Being like, like, hey. I think Batman should have just Snapchatted her or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well, yeah. You see me in this picture on the flash. It was just a bit, and obviously with the symbols, it was like a frigging kid's pop-up book. Everything was so pointed out to them, you know? Like, look here, look here. And, but again, I didn't feel excited watching those. I mean, the bit when Aquaman comes out of that sunken ship and he just sort of hangs around. I'm like, is he going to break something? Cool, is he going to... Well, yeah, I mean... Fucking specimen, that guy, isn't he? He had but, big arms. But he's got big everything. But like, um, <laughs> but he just kind of looked at it. I was like, what is he doing? You know? And then he decides to poke it with his trident and then break the sound barrier underwater. I was like, okay. Then they did the flash, you know, he was like, you know, in a shop and he stopped it being from getting you know, stuck up and that. And I was like, mm, you know, the friggin' TV show is more entertaining than, than that, more impressive. Then they did... What really bothered me was Cyborg. Like, I knew that was Cyborg. Not everybody's that familiar with that character. But I almost felt like we were seeing the origin of Cyborg in, like, a 30-second single-shot, you know, subpar resolution clip, and that really annoyed me. Yeah. I was like, no, I'll, Cyborg deserves his own film and, a, you know, a fantastic origin sequence, and this... this they, you know what I mean? They don't sell it short, and I felt no. that's what they were doing. And who was the other one? Oh, yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, which Batman saw. Did you know it was Chris Pine in that photo with her? Chris Pine? You know, it's that photo of Batman was like, oh, you know, that photo of her from yeah, like, the Yeah, with like a time. few different two guys. guys like, one, of them, one of them is Chris Pine. Who's Chris Pine? You know, Captain Kirk, the actor. Oh, the actor Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah. 
Because he's in the Wonder Woman film and one of them was... Okay. I didn't see it, but people pointed it out. The same way I didn't know that it was a flash that was saying, Lois Lane is the key. Lois... I was like, who the hell is this? Yeah. It doesn't look like a cyborg, doesn't look like the flash in a speed force suit, apparently. I'm not that familiar with the actor, so it didn't scream at me who that was. So that kind of confused me for a bit. I was like, who was that? I mean, hey, it's cool. We'll find out. But I do feel like they were trying to set too much up and I don't want to have to wait for things to pay off because I think they need to earn us, like earn it, you know, like we but should you, care. But we're still going to go feel... and watch the next movie. Yeah, we're going to go and watch the next film. But it's like they're trying to build this bigger universe, which I don't, they're just rushing. I feel they're rushing it. They're trying to like, well, let's put them all together. Then we'll splinter away from that and do their origins. Whereas I think what Marvel did, they just took their time. And I don't think, if you want to reinvent the wheel and really make, you know, DC films stand above the rest or equal to the Marvel films, you've just got to take your time, you know? We've got Civil War coming out. We've had two Avengers films. We've seen all the heroes together. We've got that at the moment. So why are DC trying to rush it, putting all theirs together? You know, we've got all these great films already where we're seeing the Marvel guys together. Just take your time. Then when the Marvel guys, you know, have, like, finished throwing everyone together... Then, if they did the Justice League films, it'd give us something to look forward to, something that would come afterwards. And in the meantime, we've got all these other films to enjoy, because of course we're going to go and see them. So, yeah. But despite the reviews, this film made, what, 500 million in its first weekend? There's been a hell of a drop-off this weekend, I think, once the word's got out. But I think had it got bad reviews or good reviews, people were still going to see it, because of the anticipation. And well, if you're a fan of the comics, you've yeah, kind of gone on... the genre of the characters, of superheroes, you're going to see it, you know? Or you're going to get dragged to it, so... Yeah, so you're saying a six? Yeah. I'm, I'm saying a six. I'd say a six as well. So that's 60%. That's... What do you think of the directing, Zack Snyder? Action-wise. I know you're very big on action scenes. The um, way that uh, fight with super, uh, with Batman well, in the I know, I know Zack Snyder out. can do some amazing action. And like a lot of his past films, I've always noticed, there's always standout scenes that I remember. And I've always enjoyed, so from, you know, he did 300, right? Mm-hmm. 300 and Sucker Punch, amazing scenes that you remember. They stay in your mind. That had some good fight scenes in. But this one, nothing really stood out for me. Not even the Batman in the uh, warehouse, the very Arkham Knight style fight. No. Even didn't... with the takedowns and gadgets were straight out of Arkham Knight. I mean, I don't you know. You played the games, but it just it was heavy. It wasn't enough. Hmm. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, actually, that is true. When the action did come, it all came at the end. Batman and Superman are fighting, then Batman saving his mother, taking out thugs, and then Superman's fighting Doomsday, and then Wonder Woman turns up, and all three of them are fighting Doomsday, and... Yeah. Yeah, they did save it for the end, didn't they? But I'm still a fan of his. I'm sure he'll still have some good films up his sleeves and direct good action. Well, he's doing the next two Justice League films, just, so you hope so. This particular one wasn't, very wasn't like a cup of tea. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not even because of the genre or the characters, because we know they can be done amazingly well. You know, I mean, you love the Christopher Nolan films. Mm. It's just... Yeah. That's what I think. It's a bit meh, isn't it? Meh. But... Even after that, I'm looking forward to the extended R-rated release. That'll be three hours, I believe. So it might make more sense like the Hobbit films did. And So, yeah, uh, I think it's good. I'm looking forward to it. I'll look forward to it as long as I don't have to watch it in 3D. Well, oh, no, I didn't bother seeing this one three in 3D. Hours in I was 3D. told it wasn't worthwhile seeing in 3D. Well, no, we've watched the Hobbit extended in 3D, and they're quite fun. 
But I heard this film's not worth seeing in 3D, especially with that sort of action. The way it's shot and cut, no. it would give you a headache. Yep. Same way Man of Steel would have. Um, yeah, well, that's our first review of... Um, well, our first review of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. If this is a success, we, I'm, I may even review the extended edition in a few months. <laughs> we'll talk about if it made any sense and we can look back at this one and talk about the things we didn't like. Let's hope the extended edition doesn't make them worse. Um, our next review will be Daredevil Season 2. I've seen it. I, oh, I loved it. We'll talk about that in detail. Um, has has uh, still got a few episodes left. And luckily she stayed away from all the spoilers. And um, we'll be reviewing that Except next time. Except for you. You're the only spoiler here. I haven't oh, said anything Have you seen about this bit yet? <gasps> have you seen this bit yet? It's really cool when they do that, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't give the plot away. Yeah, I just say, oh, have you seen this fight you yet? You kind of like oh, tell me what's going to happen in the next episode. No, I'm like, no, I haven't seen that no, yet. No, I haven't told you, you anything. You kind of do. Serious. I haven't told you anything. Do you have any idea what's happening in the next four or five episodes? Not now. Exactly. But the previous ones, I knew that Karen was going to go visit in a hospital and... Well, you saw that picture on the Netflix. That Punisher page. That was, was standing up. <laughs> you told me I didn't give away anything. <laughs> Just as 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 a quick little uh, debate, three minute debate. Do you think trailers are now part of the movie going experience? No. Right. Well, that's the end of that debate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a yes or no well, question. Well, no. I mean, because with. You should say trailers are part of the ongoing movie experience. Discuss. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because, I mean, there was a lot of fallout about this film because of what was shown in the trailers, especially the second trailer, which showed pretty much beat for beat the plot points of this film, all yeah. three acts. And that really affected everybody's perception of this film, their anticipation. Um, and then when the film did come out, everybody was like, oh, the trailers spoiled it for us. thing is, geeks and nerds aren't, going to avoid the trailers because they're so excited they just want to see all the footage and consume as much as they can about these films I mean I'm not one to read spoiler reviews before seeing a film or anything like that but you know these trailers now you get the teaser for the friggin teaser trailer then you get the teaser for the main trailer and then you get three main trailers for the film and I, I feel like you know there's like six and then you get the TV spots there's like six big trailers you know, gearing you up for a film. And now a lot of these trailers are featuring scenes that aren't actually in the film, you know, that are cut from the final film. So there's a bit of extra footage to see in these trailers. And and I think a lot of films are now getting judged and based on the trailer. And I think trailer influences so much of what we make of the final film. And that's why I personally think they do add to the movie-going experience, not in just, oh, I want to see that film, that trailer looks cool, but I definitely think they really influence our opinions of films once they come out. I mean, I don't think it influences my opinion. I mean, for me, the purpose of a trailer is... I mean, obviously, the purpose that the trailer makers, you know, the filmmakers want is that the trailer is exciting enough and interesting enough to make you want to go and watch that film. Which is supposed to show you the best bits. At the same time, for me, nowadays, especially, you know, now that we're like, you know, obviously I'm a fan of the Marvel films, some of the DC films, if it's like a superhero and you know that you're a fan already, you know that you're probably going to go and watch that because you know it's going to be a big spectacle in the cinema. That's why I don't really watch the trailers because I'm like, well, I don't want to see the you know wicked special effects on a small screen before I even get to see it on the big screen so for some films which I know are already like big like James Bond movies you know like Star Wars movies I think the trailer should be for the people that don't know if they want to watch it yet 
if you know you want to watch it, don't watch the trailers because you're going to ruin it for yourself. Yeah, that's true. You're going to see all the good special effects on the small screen before you get to see it on the big screen. And by then, you only get to see things once. Like, you know, if you want, you can't ever experience, you know, the first Matrix film, can you? You watch it the one time, it blows you away. It's never going to have the same effect again. You know, and I find I like that first experience, so I like to save it. I only ever watch trailers for films if I'm not sure what they're about or if I want to see them. So for me, it's not part of the movie-going experience. It makes me decide whether or not I want to watch the movie if I haven't decided. Hmm. But when people do trailer reactions and discussions about the trailers before the films and online, you know, like, does that... I mean, for me, that's part of the community getting together, getting behind the film, and it's that anticipation. Yes, and it adds like to the it's excitement. Just, it's to get... I guess it's, it's good to sort of just... It makes you aware that the film exists. It makes you aware mm. the film's coming out, so you can start being like... See, oh, I, I, might, I thought everybody would know Batman v Superman exists, but my mum was totally in the dark. I might... Well, yeah, I mean, I might... You kind of... But as you say, she you wouldn't watch this film, whereas fans that Put it into your know, list of things to yeah. do that weekend, you know? It, yeah. it, it's good for that. It's good for making you aware of it. Yeah, I um, guess. No, but it, I, I don't agree feel with like I saying. think trailers should be short. Like, and they shouldn't give everything away. They shouldn't give all the mm. main. They should save it just the same way Star Wars did. You know, they're confident. If you're confident enough in your movie, you yeah. should be able to either just show them enough to make them want to watch it without giving the really big things away. Like, give them some of the small things away. You know, I just feel like if you've got to show them everything and every funny joke in the movie the movie doesn't have much more to offer. In that case, it's not worth okay. watching. So you're saying save it for the wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I've been Ad, and this has been... Yes. Doing a spoilerific review of Batman v Superman. Come back next week for Daredevil Season 2. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. They love films and each other. Real love.